I've said this before, but I feel like in the African-American community, people are so critical of your product that some people don't release product or some people let the opinions of other others kind of stop them. But that's not business. There's always going to be a certain customer for your product. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Millionaire himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Episode CLB, also known as Certified Lover Boy. What it do? You know, y'all know I was on I was on Certified Lover Boy, man. I was on Certified Lover Boy, and uh, you know that whole Jay Z verse, which is my whole feelings. So if you, you haven't heard the Jay Z verse, listen to the Jay Z verse, and you get a little piece of my life. Because we just be be real raw with it, man. What do you say? He said y'all supported somebody that tried to kill me. He's like, how do you think we could be friends? And that's the energy I'm coming with. Like, and even if you didn't support it, you still stayed stayed silent while it was going on. I'd be scrolling back at the tweets. I saw some old tweets today. I saw some old tweets and I was like, wow, it was real raw out there. But nevertheless, we prevailed because God is good and because we always do what we're supposed to do. Ain't nobody out here trying to get the quick, quick. We did what we're supposed to do. Episode CLB. 102, what it do? We are here live and in person. Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast, where we dissect tweets and talk about building black wealth. I am your co-host, Raphael. You can find me on Twitter at Work Money Life. I'm here with my co-host, Charles Oglesby III, JD. You can find him on Twitter at Real Todd Billion. The Real stands for Real. Anyway, first day of the Accelerate 180 conference is in the book. It was a long day. Yeah. Somebody said, they said, are we supposed to look at this sideways? Bro, you look at everything else on your phone sideways. Turn the phone sideways, y'all. Turn the, the phone sideways, you know? Um, the cool thing is, now that I think about this, we'll have multiple angles. So we'll have this angle, we'll have that angle. So that's kind of cool. Um, what would you take away from the first day of the conference? What would your takeaway? My takeaway, it was a, it was a lot. Though. I don't know if I got one takeaway. Um, one takeaway is Connie S. Fall, Systems Bay, as she called herself. She said something that really stood out to me. She said, you cannot have generational wealth without generational documentation. Mars. I thought that was powerful. So she teaches on systems and business and life too, really. And she was saying like, your business can't, when you die, if you don't have systems in your business and you don't have SOPs and stuff written down, your business will not survive when you die. And it's kind of like the people need your business. Your family needs your business. We need your business. And she was talking about how she has an 11-year-old daughter. And she's helping black people, black entrepreneurs create systems in the business so they can be sustainable. So that when her daughter gets older, these businesses are still around. Mm-hmm. So her daughter can, can shop with a black-owned business when she gets older. And I thought that was really powerful. Mm-hmm. That was really great. If I had to say my most memorable uh, presentation today, it had to be the Sam Carr guy. He went over, I want to say, six principles to forex your business. And he was going over things. Things that I wasn't doing, but things that are easy to implement. And so he was talking about like that follow up feature where you send like email, email, email. He was talking about the order bumps. He was talking about the thank you page offer, all these different things to get your sales up. But he was putting math behind it. So it wasn't just like, oh, you should be doing this. He was saying, if you do this, 60 percent of the people that do this are going to participate. So you can effectively double your income by having an order bump or by having a lead magnet magnet and then having um, something on the thank you page. He was talking about the one click, I want to say the one click campaign or something like that, where essentially 
if they buy from you and they go to the thank you page, their credit card information is already stored. So now when they hit that next click, it's just an instant purchase. They don't got to input information, no numbers, no expiration date, none of that stuff, which can be a barrier to you getting sales. One of the things I like that he said is he was saying they were all made to create. And I thought that was powerful. And it's a Jewish concept. Jews feel like their goal here is to make the world a better place, not to sit around pointing at what the world could be, not to just take what they've been handed. They literally think that God put us here to make the world greater. We're supposed to be creators. We're supposed to be builders. Interestingly enough, at the conference, what I've been finding out is a lot of the women here have businesses that are like passion projects. And so you have a woman, a woman and she'll be like, oh, I do microblading or I sew wigs or I sew eyelashes, but they're not solving a black person problem. And I feel like your business should solve black people problems because we have enough problems. All we have to do is solve them. So if you're just out here just doing something because it's cute, because you have an interest in getting your hair waxed, like it was typical, it was a lot of typical women businesses. It wasn't like, oh, I'm in construction. Oh, I'm in this. Oh, I build schools. Oh, I build, it was like, oh yeah, I sell clothes. Oh yeah. It was just like, so that was the only real, I would say kind of con that I would say. And it's not even a con. I think that we as a community have to realize that like a business is a, a solutions provider. It's not supposed to just be cute and fun. And a lot of people, that's what they do when they go into business. They're just doing something that's cute and fun that they can brag about. Like, oh yeah, I have a salon or it's like an accessory. Their business becomes a, a, a life accessory. Like it makes them look cute and feel fun. Like, no, like get in the mud and get dirty. Like what real problem is your business solving? We need more of that and less of the looking pretty because I don't want us to be over here looking good and be and doing bad. We're out here, got your nails done, hair done, everything did, but your son can't get through school. Your daughter can't, don't has to go work for somebody else. So there were a lot of pros, but I think that we also still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but um, I think a lot of people do that kind of stuff. It's like, you're supposed to give the market what the market wants, what the market needs, not what you, not what you like, not what you feel like doing. I mean, business is about getting customers and you're not your customer. Like you can't build, you can't just build what you want. You're one person. Like if you could feed yourself, you wouldn't, you wouldn't need a business. Like, yeah. So you got to remember that. It's about the marketplace. It's about the people and wealth is built from solutions and solving big problems. And if you just selling the same thing everybody else is doing just because you like it, that ain't going to work. The interesting thing about the conference also is I think it was marketing by Monterey. She said like, you'll know what you need to get into by what people are buying. You'll know like what your, she said, focus on one product. What's your focus product? And for me, my focus product became the options course. Why did it become the options course? People want to clown. They want to get on here saying, oh, he's running a sale. He's doing this. I made $2,000 today. I made $2,000 today. Raphael, did you see me doing any work? Sure, definitely not. I was honestly resting most of the day, but people want it. They buy it because they want it. It's the best selling course. They want it. And the sky is honestly the limit. Judging by what I heard today, speaking with Terry, I can't give you the numbers because they were told to me in confidentiality, but we got way more to go. <laughs> we have not tapped the full extent of the market. We're going to refine the whole course, make it more structured, include all this literature. We won't get it out there. But the cool thing about it and what a lot of people don't realize is like that's business. Also, you create and then you iterate. So the options course is what the options course was. People can call it what they want. They can hate them. They can say whatever they want. But we made a bunch of progress. And that's so interesting to me because I think in a lot of times in African-American communities, and I think this is why people do the like the foo-foo businesses is because it's safe. It's safe. You're not out there creating something that nobody's ever seen. You're not out there experimenting. You're doing what everybody else has already been doing. There's already somebody that sells wigs. There's already somebody that does the, the eyebrows. Already somebody that does the waxes. And so it's safe. The innovation is the risky part, but the innovation is what's going to get you that bag. Right, right, right. 
solving old problems with new solutions. That's what's going to do it, man. Um, it's crazy. People saying, I don't understand. What, what, what people talk shit about people running sales? Because they don't know business. Macy's, they don't Macy's know business. Runs a one day sale that last. That, first of all, the one day sale lasts two days. I never understood that. Macy's running sales what kept them in business. They were going to go out of business. They were struggling. They had all that uh, real estate. And they were sell, 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 sell. They run sales like probably thirty weekends out of the year. I feel like every time they got a, a one day sale, and it always lasts two days. I never understood that part. But anyway. We're in the business of sales, the business of sales. It was always so weird to me. Like when I was growing up, my mom would say like, oh, they're having a sale. And I'll be confused because I was like, what does that mean? Like a sale? And then I learned that a sale is when they're discounting things. But is that really the case? Because most companies make most money when they run sales. Most companies don't make money all year until Black Friday, right. which is a sale. <laughs> a huge discount. And that one day is like, for those of you who don't know what Black Friday even means, like why I got that name, typically these businesses are in the red, meaning they're losing money from January all the way through November until Black Friday. And that one day with all those crazy sales puts them in the black, meaning they're good now. They're actually turning a profit. So they go like almost 11 months losing money. And that one day where they... They, 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 they tell you that they put a big screen TV on sale, quote unquote, when they only have like five of them in the store and draw you in and get you to buy a whole bunch of crap for a discount. And that brings, that puts them in the black for the entire year. And that's crazy. But that's the way it goes. That's just the way it is. That's just the way business is. It doesn't have to be like that for every business, but people run sales. The problem is a lot of people on the internet comment on business, but they don't own a business. People think that being a consumer makes them qualified to understand business. And that's a mistake because it doesn't qualify you to speak on business. You know nothing about what goes on behind the scenes. Like I said recently, the most advantageous parts of my business are the things that are unseen. And so people will see the sale, but they don't see nothing else. They don't see what we did the whole week prior. They don't see the marketing advertising. They don't see any of that other stuff. They don't see the upsells. They don't see the downsells. They don't see any of that stuff. They don't see the follow-up emails. All they see is Charles posted this, blah, blah, blah. And it's a problem because those same people who are consumers, not investors, not business owners, not people who have become successful doing those things, then go out there and get into business or then go out there and invest. And then they're over here criticizing investments because they didn't turn around in six months. Or they didn't turn around in 12 months. But an astute investor knows that's not going to happen. You're not going to turn around something in six to 12 months. And so then they get on the internet and all their righteousness and they start criticizing and throwing darts and slinging mud, not realizing like we went through a pandemic. We went through people not paying rent. We went through shortages on labor. We went through all these different things that had an impact on whether you could successfully do business. And business owners understand that when you go through those things, you have to pivot. They're just trying to survive. You're over here looking for a ROI because you think that it's just like a job. You think you show up two weeks, get paid. And that's one of my problems with the community is we speak from a place of only part of the knowledge. You don't get to criticize business if you don't own one. You don't. I don't care if you, I don't care how many courses you bought. I don't care how many burgers, t-shirts, widgets you bought. You are a consumer. You don't even know what it's like to be on the other side of the spectrum. You don't even know what it's like to make payroll. You don't even know what it's like to have to manage inventory. You don't even know what it's like to have to manage a marketing budget. All they know is this is the price and this is what I'm getting. All they know is from a consumer level. It's funny when he used to say like, oh, he's selling stuff on the internet. He must be broke. Like, 
None of this stuff makes any sense, man. We talked about that before. A lot of people, they they avoid selling because they don't want people to think they are broke. And they actually stay broke. They're like, I'd rather stay broke <laughs> than people think that I'm broke. Because if I, then, if I don't put myself out there, then people will think that I got it because I got a Gucci belt. It's a sick world we living in, man. It's just twisted. Twisted. And it's just crazy. So you had a tweet where you said, folks will take your course and record their own course based on your course, but set at a fraction of the price and call themselves entrepreneurs i was uh i was on instagram and i saw somebody running a sale for their options course for 25 dollars. i was like that's crazy these folks i tell people competition is a race to the bottom what happens is we are going to price ourselves into obsolescence we're literally going to just run sale 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 dilute 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 and pretty soon folks just gonna be giving it away for free and that's why you got to carve out your own lane i tell people i don't want competition i want a monopoly if you have a monopoly you charge what you want to charge if you have competition then you got to undercut the next man to get a sale because if you have a similar product why would they pay a hundred bucks for yours or 200 bucks for yours when they can get the same thing for 25 dollars? my problem with that is that a lot of people didn't know anything about options until they took my course they took my course they learned about options and now they got an options course I'm like, how, what part of the game is that? <laughs> what part of the game is that? I get a lot of slander for the vending machine course because I got into the vending machine business and then I created a course on me being in the vending machine business because a lot of people ask me questions. But a lot of what I learned came from Graham, came from Marcus Graham. And people get on the internet and they're like, oh, well, you copied his vending machine course. Like, no, I actually was in the vending machine business. And this is a course based off of my experience. Those are two different things. And so it's just interesting because people, when you're successful, when you've accomplished something, people are picking at straws trying to bring you down. They're like, oh, let's get them this way. Let's get them that way. Let's get them this way. And so you're always on the constant defense if you choose to partake. I don't really choose to partake anymore. I'm just like, you know what? Y'all got it. Block, block, mute. Avoid, avoid, ignore. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Graham was on your, your, pod, your other podcast yeah. before too, right? But a lot of folks let people get in their ear and start saying stuff and like, oh, Todd this, Todd that, Charles, blah, 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 blah. And so folks, I've, I've lost, honestly, like B real estate caused me to lose some pretty decent relationships. Just his constant, innocent, like always just saying crazy shit. I don't engage because I don't want to, I don't want to amplify it. I don't want to amplify that conversation. If I engage, if I go back and forth, it legitimizes it. It makes it grow. But like there's people who I've, I've fallen, fallen out of favor with and now they're over here backpedaling as well. They're like, oh man, maybe Charles should get an apology. I was like, I've been, I've been that dude. I've been pretty solid the whole time. All I've done is help people. All I've done is help people. Speaking of, there's a dude named Steph who created the company Noir BNB. I actually volunteered to help him fundraise. This same dude with Noir BNB, he was approached by B and he told him he was going to give him a half million dollars to invest. He didn't have it. He strung him along. And so what I've noticed is a lot of folks, when they think they're getting money from somebody, they become loyal to that person. And so Maydu, he became loyal to, to Brandon. Josh, he became loyal to Brandon. All these people became loyal to a facade because they thought they were getting something out of it. And so in turn of that, they had to kind of turn their back on me. So to a certain extent, like I remember with, like Josh, me and Josh went at it, went, went into it or got, kind of got into it a little bit. He came to LA and I was treating him. I was taking care of his stuff. And then people, I guess they kind of play both sides of the fence. So it's not even really like hate. It's really just people are self-interested. It's like Larry June says, like, don't worry about these women, these women opportunists. People are opportunists. They're just looking for the next opportunity. And if you're that opportunity, they're loyal to you. If you aren't, they're loyal to the person who is that opportunity. 
And I saw, I've seen at least one or two people that were riding with, with B real estate and now they clowning them. Like, yeah, and they laughing at every joke. Right. Sickening. Like, you just had his back. It was all good just a week ago. We don't got no friends, man. There ain't no friends in these streets. Crazy. No new friends. Episode CLB. So, the other TV said the black community has to stop just letting everyone speak for them. Man. Leave the big reason why we lose. So you think your sneakers look good, huh? Check this out. <laughs> Even the most exclusive sneakers once purchased look identical to everybody else's sneakers. Can I get a holla holla? So how do you take your boring regular sneakers and convert them to unique dynamic sneakers that will stand out? Yo, that answer is easy. You need to g- g- get laced with Get Laced Shoelaces. Yes, yeah, Get Laced is a lifestyle shoelace retailer dedicated to inspiring customers through a unique combination of products, creativity, and cultural understanding. We just want you to upgrade your sneakers. So get laced. Visit GetLacedLaces.com or check us out on Instagram at GetLaced.com. Underscore upgrade your sneakers with a black owned business that provides international shipping, wholesale, custom, and fundraising options. Upgrade them sneakers, baby. He's a genius, man. Get yours today at getlacelaces.com. Premium sneakers need premium laces. Okia for Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, trendy. Our shades provide significant UV light protection for eyes, and we have the best customer service around. The freshest and trendiest styles for both men and women. The finest shades to fit your style. Okiefa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Visit www.okiefashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A Shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okiefa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock. That is so key. I don't think that just because somebody has a platform that they are qualified to be the spokesperson for black people. We are very disorganized. We're being led by anybody. Anybody who just decides that they're the leader for the moment. Not people who are educated in the space. Not people who have uh, who have knowledge or experience in the space. Just whoever just pops up and says, I'm the leader now. And that's a problem because... No other community allows just anybody to lead them. You have to actually have proven that you are worthy of being the leader. Have you gone to the right school? Have you gone to school at all? If you go to, to Capitol Hill and you see the people that are making laws for white folks, it's not Billy Bob Thornton. No, you got to be qualified to be a leader for white people. You got to dress the part. You got to speak the part. You have to have been educated in the part. They only want their most polished and prestigious people leading them because they know they're leading them in the right path. We're over here letting folks who can't even pronounce words or saying, oh, every other sentence, be the leader for us. And then when things play out like they played out, now folks over here are like, man, I can't believe this happened to me. And so like, that's a problem. People have to really leverage the educated. And if you want to be a leader, you have to become educated. You don't get you, like, it's that's the, that's the qualification. Are you knowledgeable in this space? Are you proven in this space? Have you taken the right exams to qualify you to lead, to, to speak on behalf of other people? We're out here letting LeBron James talk for us letting all these people just talk for us, and we're wondering why we aren't making any progress. Man, that's great. You know what, man? Kind of mad they didn't get on that video today at the conference, man. <laughs> they shot a lot of content with me in it, too. I think because, I think because of the shirt. I don't know. Merch. But I'm saying, they, I think they shot a lot. Shot, they shot me a lot because of the shirt, but then they left me out of the, the final cut anyway. I'll, I'll say this in regard to that. 
Eric Thomas made a, a good point and he 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 was talking about how he doesn't do a lot of people's podcasts and he also doesn't do a lot of people's speaking conferences because he has his own podcast and his own speaking conferences. And so what I take from that is, yeah, it'd have been cool to be on her platform, but you got your own platform. Continue to build up that, put energy and effort into building your own platform. I'm not looking for nobody. It would have been cool, but that's the reason why I invested in this. So we can have quality content that's YouTube worthy that then we can put up there and we can do our own thing. Probably get bigger than them. There are people that I looked up to who I make more money than now. There are people who like I looked up to who I have a bigger influence than them now, which is crazy to me. It's really astonishing. And that's why we can't really put too many people on a pedestal. Like the great thing that she's doing, that's cool, but you can always do something greater or as great. And that's not the goal to, to challenge or compete with anybody. But that's the beauty of creating your own conferences, creating your own stuff. You control it. I wanted to like we couldn't even record a podcast like this at this time. If I'd have been booking somebody else's studio, probably got a better camera than them now. They probably don't. <laughs> this is like the most new camera. This camera right here is the literally the newest camera that Sony has out. And I'm pretty sure this studio didn't have that camera or probably even these good of mics. Yeah, probably. yeah, I'm not really mad. I mean, I was there to learn. I wasn't there to get on camera. But every time, the, but at the same time, every time the camera came around, I made sure <laughs> the, the, the the front of the shirt was legible. And you can see 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 the merch, man. Like, get your own merch. Wear your merch. Charles has been talking about this forever. Ladies love a man with his own merch. Oh, I'm just playing. No promises. No guarantee. But it's amazing to me how many people do not have their own merch or don't wear it. Like you all in um you all in, in this conference with all these people in there, all these cameras in there, and you just trying to look you trying to wear a flight outfit and bump all that. But Charles, you said McDonald's doesn't stop selling those flat ass mm -hmm. just because folks say they don't like them or they aren't as good as some gourmet stuff. Um I've said this before, but I feel like in the African American community people are so critical of your product that some people don't release product or some people let the opinions of other others kind of stop them but that's not business there's always going to be a certain customer for your product it might not be the most astute investor terry ijoma is not my target market she's not but there is somebody that is my target market and they're going to love the hell out of my course and they're going to say all these great things what i'm saying is that just because somebody criticizes you doesn't mean that they're correct just because somebody comes for you doesn't mean that their opinion is the end all be all there's a market for every product but a lot of us aren't willing to put anything out there and market it and advertise it. Like McDonald's does a lot of marketing and advertising. They do, but their products isn't better than In-N-Out. And when I got out of college, I stopped eating McDonald's. Like I'm not eating McDonald's. It's gross. It's unhealthy, blah, blah, blah. But every time I go around that corner, McDonald's had a long ass line because it's somebody that loves that burger and those fries. What I'm saying is that there's going to be some people who love your product, even if you have critics, even if you get slander, even if the slander is valid. There's like McDonald's knows, that, knows their burgers aren't as good as everybody else. They're not focused on that. They're focused on the business of being in burgers. That's what they're focused on. And they continue to get, put it out there and they continue to get sales and they continue to run it up. And their franchises are multi, multi-millionaires. You have the ability to be a multi, multi-millionaire, but you're like, oh man, some random cartoon Abby person said that my product's not good. So I'm going to stop selling it. Fuck that person, man. They can go to hell. That random cartoon person doesn't even have the balls to show their fucking face on the internet. Why do I care what they think? Why do I care about their criticism of my product when they're a fucking coward? All they do is hide behind it and attack real people doing real things. How about you show us what you do for a living so we can come, come behind you and start trashing you? An example of this is even with B Real Estate. He released a book and folks are hating on his book. It might have some value to it. But what I'm saying is like, there's always going to be somebody that picks apart what you produce, but you still got to produce some stuff because your family can't get paid if you don't produce. 
Your family, your family can get paid if you produce a product that's 90% good, 80% good. I think I read some something recently. It might have been even at the conference today, or maybe it was just on on uh, on Insta, on Twitter, where he said something. And I put it on my Twitter. Let me. Find, I'm gonna get it verbatim because it was it was really powerful. I think he said. He said, "Damn it, where did it go?" So the faster you throw out incomplete work, the faster it will turn into something great. And that's not even the only thing that I've heard. I think at the conference he said something similar. It's like you got to put it out when it sucks because when it sucks, that's how you're going to make it better. Nobody puts out their stuff as it sucks. They just hold on to it and they can't get paid from that. You can still get paid from an imperfect product. You make a million dollars of imperfect product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And criticism is the only way you find out what you need to do to find your product. I was thinking about this yesterday. Like I was just in my hotel room getting ready for bed. I'm like, I don't really like this room. The room I had last week was way better. I thought about it. It's like the things they don't like about this room, they're not gonna they're not gonna improve on them. Why? Because I'm not gonna complain about them. And that's the thing. Most people, especially most decent people, and they don't like something, they don't complain. What do they do? They just don't come back. Yeah. Keep their mouth shut and they just don't come back. You kind of got to be happy for the haters because hmm. they tell you what's wrong with your product. And they give you a chance, uh, but they don't give you a chance, but they, they tell you what needs trying, what needs fake. That way you can make it better for the next person that comes after them. But the people that are just nice, just want to be angry. So don't worry about haters, man. Come along as part of the game. As far as... But Charles, this is an interesting one. You said low interest rates aren't a flex if the home values hmm. are in the latest. Yeah. Uh, for most people know that we're like seeing historically low mortgage rates or just interest rates in general. And the reason why I tell people that a mortgage is like a bond. You're like, what is a bond? A bond is a debt. So these companies, when they want to issue financing for their businesses, they either can issue equity or debt. Equity is stocks. Equity goes up and down. It's not guaranteed. It can go to zero. A bond is debt. Debts are more secure than equity holders. But due to that security, you get lower interest can be around, I don't know, maybe 8% interest. A mortgage is long-term debt. One of the principles of a mortgage is that when interest rates are low, bond prices are higher. And when interest rates are high, bond prices are lower. Why? Because if interest rates are at 2%, but you can buy a bond for 10%, a bond is going to be more expensive. But if interest rates go to like 4, 5, 6%, and then you have to take actual risk to get that 10%, it's going to bring down the value of that bond. It might not bring it down to zero, but it's going to bring down the value of that bond. Why am I telling you this? Because when I think when Trump first got elected, they started to roll up the interest rates. They're like, oh, the economy is healthy again. Let's start bringing the interest rates up. You know what happened? Home prices started to come down. Why? Because if you have a half million dollar house at a 2% interest rate versus a half a million dollar house at a 4% interest rate, you're paying a way different payment. The payment drives the price of the home. If the payment goes up, the price has to come down because it has to be more affordable. So people can only really afford 2,500. If 2,500 at a low interest rate gets you a half a million, but that same 2,500 at a higher interest rate gets you 400,000, now your home is losing in value. So what I'm saying is that homes are artificially high right now because interest rates are artificially high. And so you're still paying the same $2,500. You're not really saving any money. It's just a sales pitch that they're telling you as realtors to push into buying a home. Rates are low, rates are low. They're never going to go any lower. They told me that, I think, years ago when we were getting pre-qualified to buy, buy a house. And you know what happened? Rates went lower. Because these motherfuckers don't know. They're just salespeople. Most of these real estate agents, I love them, but like they're not like analysts. They're salespeople. Everything is a pitch. Take advice from rich people, not salespeople, is what Robert Kiyosaki says. So that's how I would just say it's like, yeah, you might think you're getting a deal, but you're really not because the price is so expensive when what should happen is the rate should go higher. California should become more affordable. All these other states should become more affordable. And then people like you, me, my friends should be able to buy homes. I have people leaving the state to go buy homes because they can't afford to buy a home in California, but the rates are low. Yeah.
kind of reminds me of that old joke about brokers. Why do they call them broker? Because they're broken in you. Yeah. Like you said, a lot of people are salesmen, they're not really experts in what they do. They're just experts in the product they sell. That goes, and that goes for like a lot of these so-called financial planners too. You gotta be careful, especially somebody that works for an insurance company, forget it. Like, forget it. They call themselves a financial advisor, but they, all the advice involves you buying a product that the insurance company does. Right. It's like, how, how's the annuity like, answer for like, other people? <laughs> whole life you know, like, because that one, you, know, you gotta be careful, man, who you take advice from. Like, and I noticed like a, a while back, I looked into like, what is the fin- what is the educational requirement to become a financial advisor at a particular uh, insurance company? You know what it was? What was it? High school? High school diploma. Yeah. Or even it was like high school diploma like it's not that they're trying to swindle you or scam you but the way they do it is if you get a bunch of really honest people very sincere people and teach them a bad a lot of bad stuff and send them out to sell bad products to people they're going to sell it hard to these people and you're never going to smell the scam you're never going to smell a bad intention on them because they don't have bad they have the best intentions for you and they want to do what's best for you the problem is their limited knowledge makes them think that these limited products are what's best because they only know what they're doing about. they didn't learn it they didn't learn it and uh, that objective course just learn what the, the insurance company told them or that financial firm told them oh yeah just sell them this particular mutual funds that we sell or sell them whole life or sell them annuities but you really gotta be careful and do your own research and have your own day. you know in that game too though you kind of know what I'm talking about right over there. <laughs> I have no response to that <laughs> so we gonna move on do your own research people educate yourself educate yourself so yeah so Charles you said I bash 9 to 5 but I, I didn't quit my job until I didn't need a job both in assets and income Pure Body Company formulates an amazing range of emollients with shea butter at its base. Pure Body Co. focuses on providing all natural handcrafted products for all people. At shoppurebodyco.com, you'll find body butters and lip balms that are not only moisturizing, but none of our products contain preservative or even those unrecognizable chemicals. So if you're looking to keep your skin soft, visit shoppurebodyco.com. And remember to join PBC Perks to receive rewards as you shop. Um, so we were having a conversation over dinner and we were talking about people leaving their jobs and it's something I've been seeing a lot lately is people leaving their jobs and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to just go into business for myself. And that's a recipe for struggle. It's a recipe for in and right back up at a job. And I'd already quit my job once, I think maybe in a similar fashion. And I knew the second time I quit my job, I didn't want to ever go back. Like the goal wasn't to circle back. The way I quit my job is I position myself to the point where my living expenses can be taken care of whether I earn or not. And so I had had enough money in reserves so that I can sustain myself for however long I need to sustain myself. And then while doing that, I'd also built up different streams of income that allow me to still live without even tapping into those reserves. So it's like I have multiple layers that protect me from homelessness or protect me from being destitute. 
And so people get on here and they see me talking about like F that nine to five and F that job and blah, blah, blah. But they don't realize like you might have to actually triple down on the job to get out of the job. You don't get to just be like, I hate jobs. I'm not doing nothing. It's like, no, you got to still do the work because unfortunately your dad's not giving you a loan of a million dollars. If you did, that'd be great. Most of us aren't getting that. So what did I do? I worked a lot of jobs. I grinded. And while I was grinding, I was doing a lot of business. I was in real estate and stocks and options and all these different things that allowed me to to get to where I needed to go. So basically what I'm saying is you don't get to quit the job just because the job sucks. You have to position yourself to not need a job if you decide to quit the job because folks got real life responsibilities in these streets. It's not just something where the bill is going to take care of themselves. Because they don't care, man. They don't care if you're passionate about entrepreneurship. They don't stop. They're like, oh, yeah, that's nice. All right. The show. Enjoy the projects. So I think that the power from that is like you got to get to the point where you don't need a job. Not you just don't like a job. Yeah. The thing the problem with quitting a job too early is you don't have the income coming in is the damage that you do to yourself. I mean, you're going to work it out eventually. It might take you a while. But it's like, you quit the job too soon, what happens is you don't make the money you thought you were going to make, then you're struggling. And hopefully you don't have people depending on you. But anyway, then you're struggling. You can find a way to do it. The problem is then it does um, serious damage to your self-esteem, to your confidence. And then if you go go back to the job, then you feel embarrassed, even, if, even though they might not even care. But self-esteem is damaged, your confidence is damaged, you go back, you feel bad, you're depressed, and then... Now you feel actually depressed because no, you're in this job that you can't stand because you got a little taste of got a little taste of being off the plantation, but they drag you back and now it, it just feels worse. So know what you're doing, people. If we just hop off the ship, if we just jump off the porch, just run away from the plantation. Better be ready, you know. So tell you what, it's conference today, man. Some good stuff. And like people always say, you gotta pay to get in the room, man, because it's what they, it's true what they say, man. You gotta network with the people in the room. One thing that's that that's stuck with me is that it's like you said earlier, Charles. There's a lot of black folks out here who are doing dope stuff that might not be all on the brand, or they're on the brand, but they only got a couple hundred followers, or they don't have large audiences. But you talk to them, and some of them are doing some really dope stuff, even if they have jobs. But I met one person, she was a project manager for like 17 years. She quit corporate America and she's doing her own thing. But I think she was doing her own she was doing her own thing on the side for a long for a while before she jumped. But the point is she's using the skills that she learned that she that she learned in college and on the job for 17 years and she's doing it for black folk now full time as an entrepreneur. And that's that's the way you are supposed to do it. Take the skills that you learn and apply them to entrepreneurship and help people. Like you said, solutions. Provide solutions. Instead of just doing something completely foreign to what you already been doing. By the way say man, people out there doing dope stuff, like we got we, we can do this. Everything they do they can do, we can do. A large part of it is just like knowledge. But we can do this man. You said it all man. You said it all on that one. I need to wrap this up. I like I like the brief episode. A good forty five minutes is good. I think I would just say it's a lot of value. I've been meeting a lot of really cool people. Um, I was walking in the back of the room, and there is this brother there in a the suit, and um, 
what did he say? He was like, man, I respect what you're doing for the culture. And I was like, that's kind of cool because I was just like walking. I didn't really know him and I've been getting pulled aside by a lot of different people. And um, it's always cool to have that impact nationwide and wherever I go, just kind of meeting different people. So that's always cool. But there's a lot of really cool people here. Every time I sit down and talk to somebody, they're just dropping game on me. I met a guy who does Turo and he hires out the drivers, not Turo, he does uh, uh, Uber car sharing, but he doesn't do it the way anybody on the internet has been talking about. Quite honestly, the people that I've talked to, they don't do any of the, their their business the way the people on the internet talk about it. Like I've seen Turo people who are doing it way different. I've seen uh, higher car people who are doing it way different. And it's just very creative what they're getting into. Like really cool stuff. People are doing numbers out here. Uh, we're a very creative people. That's one thing that I will say is there's not a lot of people out creating us. We just have to have confidence in our creations and stop waiting for somebody else to do it before we think that it can be done. Whatever that idea is, execute on it, make it happen. So we're gonna wrap it up. Hey, what was the Uber guy doing again? Basically what he was doing is he would hire drivers directly and they would work under his Uber profile. And so Uber would pay him and then he would pay his people, he'd take a split. And then what he would do is since they were all driving Teslas is he would have his website for his business, his marketing business on the screen. And so he's marketing his business to his, his customers. And so then he's still getting information from them because his whole thing is he wanted to create like a ride sharing for just electronic vehicles. And that was his lead magnet is like, hey, if you want to be up to date on what's going on, check me out. And so they give him his information and boom, one thing, one thing that I'm going to be doing here and as the whole presentation was going on, I was just sending my teammates like just notes like, hey, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. One thing that I noticed that Ashley Ann did is she didn't give you a link. She didn't say, hey, click this link and you can get this course. She said, text this word to this number and I'll send you the link. Why is that important? It's important because instead of telling somebody to click the link in the bio, you're effectively doing the same thing, but now you're capturing their cell phone number. And cell phone numbers are one of the newest forms of marketing. It's one of the better forms of marketing because everybody always has their cell phone in their end. And I, while I'm here, I'm looking for different nuggets that I can add. So it's like, all right, if I'm doing this well with this marketing strategy, what could I do if I introduce this? What can I do if I introduce that? And so like, that's one of the things I want to employ is instead of like when I have a special or if I have like a book, if I'm doing a freebie, text this number for your link to the freebie. Now I just got a hundred emails. Now I just got a hundred phone numbers. Boom. Now I'm retargeting. Hey, guess what? I'm doing a live training. Check it out here. Guess what? I'm doing this. Check it out here. And so that's what I'm trying to get to. I'm just looking for those little gems. And they always say when you go to a conference, sometimes it's not the whole conference that changes your life. It's those one or two gems. I've been taking notes the entire time. I've just been pounding away on my laptop because I'm not good at handwritten notes. But please believe we're going to be turning it all the way up, all the way up. Take him out, Raphael. I'm Yo, tired. Man, shout out to the whole community. Shout out to our sponsors, OKF Shades, Pure Body Company, uh, Get Lace Laces. Shout out to everybody out there doing it, man. We're going to wrap this up. You can follow us on social media, follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast, follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion and the company at Todd.Capital, follow us on Twitter of course, follow myself Raphael at Work Money Life and Charles at Real Todd Billion on Twitter, you know, for episode 102 of Tweet Talk, the Backwell Podcast, Raphael and Charles, 
Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag. You know what I can do. And so without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm going to give you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.